Hello everyone and welcome back to Sprint Race Show, the show where I talk about the main things happening in the world of Formula One. My name is Emma Ridgway and for the penultimate time this year, I will be your host. Thank you very much for tuning in. I am back after a small vacation, which initially didn't coincide with the Formula One schedule. Because yes, my life does revolve around Formula One. Um, But then the schedule changed and I've ranted about it in a number of episodes. So this will be the very last time this year that I will rant about the changing Formula One schedule. I promise. But I did manage to catch the Qatar Grand Prix and it was very exciting. But to me, the main talking point from the Qatar Grand Prix was, of course, the tyre blowouts. And it's not for the first time this season that we have spoken about the tyres. In total, there were four blowouts and the affected drivers obviously weren't very happy. Pirelli, who again came under scrutiny as they did in Baku earlier this year, came out with a statement this weekend uh, which said, Based on the findings obtained so far, the origin of the problem is mainly due to the amount of time these tyres were run on the kerbs, at high speed and with considerable lateral and vertical loads, a situation unique to the LaSalle circuit. Or, in layman's terms, we didn't have any data because this is a new track and maybe we overestimated the amount of time that you can run on the tyres. So a tough year for Pirelli, it has to be said. They can't come up with this reason every time there is a new circuit. For example, there is Miami next year. Does that mean that this new street circuit under the hot sun means that we don't know how long the tyres will last? Of course we don't know, but maybe we can overestimate, maybe be a little bit more cautious. I know they have a tough job to do, but twice in one year. Tough year for Pirelli. Now coming into Saudi Arabia, Mercedes have been on a roll since Brazil. If you remember, the last time that Red Bull won was in Mexico, and now that feels like so long ago. We came into the weekend with a lot of controversy off the back of actually racing in Saudi Arabia in the first place. Even though there is a huge title fight going on, a lot of that wasn't lost, which I was glad to see. I think it's still important to raise a lot of the issues. And in fact, both Vettel and Hamilton were visibly showing their support for the LGBTQ plus community, which I think is great. So amidst everyone talking about the rivalries and the drama and the new track and Saudi Arabia themselves made a big show of this event. There's no denying it. They had huge fireworks. They had a light show. They had an opening ceremony. But a lot of that still couldn't distract from a lot of the human rights issues that are going on. Amidst all of that, I'm really glad that uh, a couple of the drivers voiced their thoughts. And even though the track is really cool and the circuit is very exciting, we are still thinking about that. The circuit itself looked amazing, but it almost wasn't finished on time. I remember reading just a few weeks ago that they were going to go down to the wire to finish Jeddah Street Circuit. But when I tuned in to practice on Friday, 
I was completely shocked by how tight it was. It was like Monaco and Baku, but with Monza speed. When I saw that, I thought, I'm not going to be surprised if there's an accident. And sure enough, in the F2 races, there was many safety cars and a really, really bad crash. Um, not to do with the walls between Teo Porcher and Enzo Fittipaldi, which resulted in both of them going to hospital. Thankfully, they are both okay, but Fittipaldi has a broken heel. So it is a dangerous track, even if the accidents came kind of in surprising places. And so going into the Formula One, I was wondering if somebody would make a mistake. And sure enough, that mistake came from Max Verstappen. We did wonder whether or not the pressure was getting to him and clearly he was pushing. So during the final run in Q3 in qualifying, all of the drivers were pushing. It looked as though um, Red Bull could steal it, but they were behind. And so it was Hamilton P1, Bottas P2, and Verstappen was coming through with an absolutely storming lap. Uh, but he screwed it up in the end, and that was incredible to watch. There was an amazing reaction video from Fernando Alonso, who was being recorded for an interview at the time. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's totally worth it. All right, so now I'm going to talk about the race, and I realize that I have spoken for a couple of minutes about Qatar qualifying Formula 2, and now this, still not talking about the race. Let me just say that it was one of the most eventful Formula One races I think I've ever watched. And eventful for all the right and wrong reasons. And I'm going to attempt to summarize it as quickly and concisely as I possibly can. So initially a perfect start for Mercedes, they had a clean getaway, they both ended up P1 and P2, Max was in P3. There was no initial drama behind, no one crashed off the start, and so it looked as though Mercedes were doing well. On lap 10 there was a safety car, and that was due to Mick Schumacher going into the barriers. We figured that a safety car may happen at some point anyway, and so the Mercedes reacted. They pit both of their drivers. They both came out on the hard tyre. Max Verstappen opted to keep track position. He didn't pit. He stayed in P1. Four laps into a safety car, there was a red flag due to the barriers needing to be repaired. Everyone goes back to the pits. Really bad luck for Mercedes because Max Verstappen, who is out in P1, now gets a free stop. Max is now in P1, Hamilton is in P2, and Bottas is in P3. So from the start, Hamilton gets a really good getaway. He's about to take Verstappen, he goes into turn one, Verstappen goes deep, he nearly collides with Hamilton, and he cuts the corner and goes wide. Ocon, who came from nowhere, is now in P2. Verstappen is leading and Hamilton is in P3. Behind, there were two separate incidents with Sergio Perez and Nikita Mazepin, and another red flag is called. 
So now that everyone is back in the pits, we hear a conversation between Michael Massey, the race director, and Red Bull and Mercedes separately. Clearly, they are not happy with Max cutting that corner into turn two. They believe he gained an advantage and stayed out in front as a result. They say to Red Bull, we are willing to offer you P2. Red Bull come back on the radio and say, just give us a minute, we'll talk about it. Yes, we would like to take P2 as long as we start behind Ocon. At this point, there's like complete silence from Michael Massey, who realizes he's forgotten about Ocon. He goes, no, you're going to start behind Hamilton. So the race restarts, Ocon is now P1, Hamilton is P2, Max Verstappen is P3. Another start. Hamilton, who gets away well, but Max is on a medium tyre. Another tyre change as a result of the red flag gets a really good getaway. He takes both Hamilton and Ocon into turn two. It was a really, really great overtake. So now Verstappen is leading again. Ocon is P2, Hamilton is P3. Then Hamilton overtakes Ocon and is now chasing down Verstappen for the win. And then we get a series of safety cars due to the amount of debris that is still on the track. I think we had four safety cars in total. And every time Hamilton was getting a little bit closer to Max and off the back of the final virtual safety car, Hamilton is right behind Verstappen. He's got the slipstream going down the main straight. He goes around the outside and then once again, Verstappen goes deep. He cuts off Hamilton once more. He cuts the corner again. Hamilton goes off as well and Verstappen retains the lead. At this point, Michael Massey is not impressed that Verstappen keeps cutting turn two in order to maintain the lead. And so he orders Red Bull to give the place to Hamilton. But then the message gets to Verstappen before Hamilton, seemingly way before, because Hamilton is driving behind Verstappen who slows down on the track. At the time, I remember watching it and going, has he got a problem? What is going on? And then right at that moment, we see the radio message come on the screen and we hear Red Bull saying, give the place back to Hamilton. And so Max slows down, he breaks, Lewis is right behind him and they collide. Incredible drama. At this point, luckily Hamilton only has a little bit of front wing damage, which obviously will affect him, but he can still continue to race. Then it's announced that Verstappen got a five second penalty from the stewards for that turn to incident earlier where he nearly collided and drove Hamilton off. So now Verstappen needs to give the place back and he's got a five second penalty as well. He eventually gives the place back at the end of the DRS detection line, which means he can immediately take the place back again. Again, Michael Massey is not impressed at this point. And then I don't think we heard what happened next, but it was pretty clear that the lap after this, Verstappen lets Hamilton by. So now Verstappen is in P2, Hamilton is leading the race and it's Ocon in P3. Verstappen gets on the radio to say that his medium tires are done for and he's trying to nurse them home. Valtteri Bottas is chasing down Esteban Ocon and as Hamilton takes the checkered flag, he wins the race. Verstappen comes home in P2. Valtteri Bottas and Esteban Ocon come around the final corner together and Bottas pits Ocon at the line. Incredible. Afterwards, Verstappen was summoned to the stewards to explain the heavy braking when he was trying to let Hamilton by. He was later given a 10 second penalty, which didn't actually affect his P2 result, but I guess they did it to set precedence. And that, folks, was 
the Saudi Arabia Grand Prix. It literally had everything. I don't remember a race like that for a long time that had that amount of drama, incidents, decisions. It had negotiations, it had crashes, it had restarts. It was it was amazing. Obviously, it was an incredible race. It was very entertaining, but a little bit of a bad day in the office for Michael Massey, the race director. In fact, it was dubbed Michael Massey's Difficult Day by Ted Kravitz, and I would agree with that. We know that he has a very difficult job as the race director, especially when Mercedes and Red Bull are constantly locking horns, but he got so involved yesterday, and I'm guessing he did that, in fact, I'm not guessing, I know he did that, because he didn't want things to go to the stewards, but to me that felt a little bit inconsistent. The stewards themselves have come under fire, but at least, you know, they're volunteers, they're, a lot of them are ex-racing drivers, Um, they do the best job they have with the data that they have. Michael Massey was like, I'm going to make this decision so that it doesn't get referred to the stewards. But then later, there was a combination of both of their decisions. Like, giving the place back to Hamilton was Massey's choice. But then Verstappen also got a five-second penalty as well. It's races like that where I think we need to acknowledge that Charlie Whiting made that job look way easier than it actually is. But I do feel like they are tying themselves in knots right now. The FIA, the race directors, the stewards, who gets to make these calls? No idea. And I really hope we don't have that for the final race of the season. I really hope that the title is decided on track and not in the stewards room. And I think we all want that. So after that incredibly dramatic race, Hamilton comes home with the win, the maximum points, and he gets the fastest lap bonus as well. This, of all things, after every single race we've had this year, now means that Hamilton and Verstappen go into the final race of the season level on points. I'll be honest, I didn't think this was even remotely possible after Mexico. After seeing the dominance of Red Bull uh, up until that point in Austin, Mexico especially, I genuinely thought that Max was going to run away with it. Brazil was by far a massive turning point for Mercedes and whether or not Hamilton wins next week, they can be really, really happy and proud of the fact that they have taken it down to the wire. But whilst they are level on points, Verstappen is actually ahead in the championship and that is because he has more wins under his belt and so a bit like this race and actually Hamilton said it Hamilton said it didn't matter to him if we both didn't finish now the interesting thing about this is whilst we don't actually know that from Verstappen it genuinely doesn't matter because if Hamilton doesn't finish any of these two races Saudi Arabia or next week in Abu Dhabi Verstappen is automatically the champion. And that's because Hamilton needed to get absolute maximum points this weekend. He needed to get the win and fastest lap. If he had gotten that next weekend, having, let's say, crashed out of the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix, 
Max will still be the winner. But now, given that he's won this race, he's got that fastest lap, he now just needs to beat Verstappen. And Verstappen just needs to beat him. It doesn't even matter if either of them win the race as long as they come ahead of the other driver. Yesterday, I got the feeling that Hamilton was driving very evasively with Max Verstappen, who in turn, I felt was driving very hard. I think Martin Rundle, the Sky Sports commentator, summed it up best. He said, Max is very unyielding. And I think that's a, a nice way of saying it. I completely expect there to be drama in Abu Dhabi next week. If it's a completely clean, normal race, I will be incredibly surprised, especially given the drama of Saudi Arabia. It's clear to me that both drivers are gunning for this. And it's also clear to me that Max is willing to push the rules to the absolute limit. I don't think that Red Bull can keep maintaining that this is what's called fair racing because they are setting precedents for next year. I wonder who is going to be competitive next year, whether Ferrari might get a chance. They've been lingering on the kind of P4 spot for a while now, especially Charles Leclerc. And in fact, I think Charles Leclerc is one of the few drivers who can compete with Max. If Red Bull are stating these incidents as being fair racing and that goes against them next year, I have no doubt that they will say that they were hindered and, you know, that this is unfair. A little bit like when we write a tweet that goes on the internet, you have to be responsible for what you're doing in the moment, not looking back a few years later going, oh, actually, that was a little bit of a silly thing that I did. And if right now you think that that is acceptable, then stick with it. Because if Max Verstappen is brake tested next year, if he is um, pushed off by another car going around the outside, then I think Red Bull need to say that this is fair racing. So I am a little bit concerned about the confusion right now about what is acceptable and what isn't. Whether you're a Hamilton fan or a Verstappen fan, hopefully you can agree that right now the precedence is completely unclear. I do not know what is and what is not acceptable because it seems to change from race to race. One thing we do know is that in just over a week's time, we will, we should, I hope, know who the next world champion is. Whether it is Max Verstappen, or Lewis Hamilton, just please give us a clean, uncontroversial race and I will be happy either way. I promise. Next weekend, Abu Dhabi, final race of the season. It's been incredible. I will, of course, do an episode after the final race um, and then that will be it from me for this year. I will be back next year, of course. Uh, but I will give more information next week. So until next time, thank you very much as always for tuning in.